Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. To Rabbit and Red Radio. I am one half of this show. I am John Spooky Rhodes. And joining me, as always, and sadly so, is the morbid Michael J. Wait, so why... You you didn't sound so... What's the word I'm looking for? dynamic in that opening it was just different i want dynamic no no changing things up man oh uh, you want to take two take two we uh, need do we need to take two okay here we go i, I, I think i would enjoy that if hang on wait, that. just yes, just, just give me a second 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 ready i am certainly all right all right all right welcome to exploding heads horror movie podcast well that's, that's i am not... your host dave z and wait what that's, we're not exploding heads. No. So. Uh, no. 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 Uh, I, I, I can try again. I can try again. Please do. Okay. 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 Do it.
Hello, everyone. I am Bo Ransdale, and this <laughs> is really Pick Six Movies. Like now, in, wait, that's, what? Uh, that's not Bo. You gotta have the Tennessee twang Shit. to your voice. Do it like twang. I can't. I can't do that. Like I, I can't uh, get the inflection. Um, um, um. Do I need to pull a Bo clip for you to listen to, and then you can get the inflection and put it in there and just be like, hey. I, I couldn't I couldn't get it either way. I'm I'm I mean I I'm, I'm I I'm so bad at it that I yeah I'm not even gonna attempt it and I debated about doing a podcast under the stairs one but uh, I really have to talk to Duncan for a while to get that weird Scottish accent down. If not, I just sound like a, a fucking reject from the Leprechaun convention. Heidi tardy tar welcome to the podcast under the stairs. <laughs> I mean, no, it, it doesn't work. What what the fuck is a Heidi tidy turd? Heidi tidy turd? I don't fucking know. Heidi tidy turd. Heidi tidy turd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's something you say when you drink a lot of Guinness, I think. Uh, sounds like if you drink a lot of Guinness, you'd be like, Heidi tidy, I'm going to blow up and blow the face off. Like, like, <laughs> what the fuck? But anyway, this is Rabbit and Red Radio, oh, and we're back. Oh, we're back, all right. So, mm. yeah, let's address that elephant in the room. We've been gone most of the summer because of issues. Most of the summer. Um, the you heard the In Search of episode with uh, an absent Michael J, because Michael J was in the process of moving. Yes. Uh, we... We got the studio all set up, and, uh, well, we actually recorded an episode, and Mike never released it. Actually, eh. I did release Whatever. it. Whatever. It's on, it's on the YouTube channel, and it's released as a... Oh, so um, go to YouTube. As a video. Yeah. Yeah. So it was released in a different format. We're not going to listen to it here. So, right. go to our YouTube channel. Yes, we have a YouTube channel. Right. I, I didn't know it either, so... The- Anyway, um, and we do two reviews there. But nonetheless, uh, the elephant in the room is that we have been gone because, uh, well, this summer's been kind of rough here in Pennsylvania, and Mike's new setup wasn't the best for the production studio. Long story short, um, storming in Pennsylvania plus new production studio equals computer go boom boom. So a lot of our shit got kind of blown up in a storm. Well, considering that 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 my computer, uh, which I thought was plugged into a power strip the entire time, for the last uh, six years, has been plugged into a glorified power strip. So, or no, surge protector, not a power strip. I'm sorry. And uh, we got a storm. We lost power for two seconds, and by the time the power came back on, we had I had lost everything. So getting another computer and getting things up and up and running again took time. So that's what happened. Yeah. So then on top of that, getting the programs to work right and everything that makes this production well lackluster, like it is. But all that yeah. shit, nonetheless, yeah. uh, takes time. So on top of that, you know, we have actual lives outside of this. Um, uh, we we don't have a Patreon or anything. We're not making any money off from this. This is yeah. our hobby. This is what we do for fun. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, we took our sweet ass time, and we apologize. 
Um, but this may be a little late, but it's better late than fucking never, because this is the one and only episode of this year's Slasher Summer. That's sad, kind of, but bittersweet, nonetheless. Yeah, seeing... Yeah, well, it is sad because you and I sat down, we talked about it, we uh, we came up with the theme, because each year we have a different theme for Slasher Summer. I mean, mm-hmm. the previous year was uh, uh, 88 Films releases. Um, you can go back in the back catalog and listen to those. That was the first um, year. This year, yeah. Yeah, this year, good. our second year, was going to focus on the year of 1982. Yeah. Um, so this episode will be focused on the year 1982. Uh, we will feature two reviews, and then to try and make it up, I'm not making any promises, but I'm going to try and uh, splice in some uh, reviews of other ones when it's appropriate, and we can actually get it done, because we got some stuff coming up. We have... Uh, uh, a couple interviews and a uh, review for Candy Corn that should be coming out soon before Probably Candy next, Corn. So, next week. Uh, yeah. So to get you guys hyped up for Candy Corn, and then uh, uh, we'll have some filler. So I might get a couple more reviews in. Hopefully, maybe we'll see. Uh, but then we have our Halloween marathon and. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Are we tipping the deck on what that is yet, Mike? Or I don't know. Are we? Or do you want to keep that in under? Uh, uh, fuck it. <laughs> you know that that's kind of that's kind of my you know grand philosophy when it comes to things in life. You know, just fuck it. So yeah. yeah. Uh, last year we did Halloween. Well, back catalog. Go back check it out. Um, and this year. We have decided because, uh, well, there, there's so much division between Mike and myself as to the opinions of this series that we thought it would be interesting to dive into A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, considering that he thinks that the one that's complete and utter shit is like a masterpiece, and it's really not. It's really complete and utter shit. He still thinks it's a masterpiece. Why? I don't know. He's an idiot. So, we will dive into that entire franchise, and, uh, yeah, that will be our Halloween. That will be our treat to you. May try to get some... I mean, I I guess the trick is being played on us, because we have to watch them all, but... Well, we might try to get some some cast and crew on with us to soften the blow, so... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, yeah. Uh, alright, so... Real quick, Mike, let, let's do a little fucking catch-up here. Um, I know we did the video show, and we did two quick little reviews on that, but uh, what the fuck has been going on with you, man? I, I mean, it's it's been forever. Oh, I miss you. Oh, yes, sir. It's very, very emotional, very sad. Um, well, uh, just recently, we did get another, um, another uh, dog in the family. Um, yes. I think I mentioned, I didn't, actually, no, I don't think I mentioned that within the group. I don't even think I mentioned that on Facebook. Uh, we just got a, um, a Conker's... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yes. See, here's here's a problem, Mike. Yes. Uh, 
when you're fucking around with your microphone, you shouldn't be talking because mm-hmm. all people are hearing is you fucking around with your microphone, well, I just you dumbass. I would move it down. I'm sorry, you're not a dumbass. That's an insult to dumbasses. You're a mongoloid. Well, I so. just... Oh, fuck you. I just figured I'd move it down um, because I wanted to see if that would change my sound any. Um, but I can't tell because we're recording. So. That's not something you do during <laughs> the show. You know me, I do that. I do that tech shit live. We're doing it live. <laughs> We're doing it live, bitch. And everyone's gonna hear this because we don't edit. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. It's too much work. It takes too much time. Fuck it. Like you say, fuck it for what we're doing for Halloween. I say, fuck it at actually editing the program. <laughs> And our listeners say, fuck it, I'm not listening. <laughs> exactly. But for those of you hanging on, continue, Mike. You started to talk about something. Yes, we, we did get a um, a Cocker Spaniel puppy. He is six months old. His name is Toby. And I have never seen, uh, before he came in, I had never seen a Cocker Spaniel. So when he first walked into the room, I did not know what wait, to wait. expect. Wait, you, wait, you'd never seen a cock before this dog? Is, a, is that what you said? A, a cocker spaniel. A, I've seen my share. Oh, cocker spaniel. No. I thought you were talking about cock again. Mike. No, no, no. I've seen my share of that. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. I um, bet you have. <laughs> you got a little hole in the wall between you and your brother's room. That's, that's the glory hole. Um, so... <laughs> No, but who's getting the glory there? Not me, obviously. Um. So. <laughs> um. No, but uh, so I I didn't know what to expect with the with the dog. So when he walked into the room, I kind of uh, jumped out of fear because he startled me. Um. You know what he kind of reminds me of if you if you look because I think I sent you a picture. Um, via text message. You did? Um, yes. So, looking at him, it kind of, he reminds me of, did you ever watch Sesame Street? Uh, when I was a child. Okay, do you remember the dog Barkley, or Berkeley from Sesame Street? I think it was no. Barkley. Well, he reminds me of that dog from Sesame Street. Okay. <laughs> See, for some reason, as soon as you were like, he reminds me and trailed off, my mind automatically went to the never-ending story. And I'm just like, if you're going to fucking pull out that flying dragon, I'm going to reach through Skype and slap you in your fat, ugly face. No, I mean, it definitely, that could remind me of that, too. I mean, and then there, there's points, where, <laughs> there's points when, when he lays on the floor and he reminds me of a throat rug. He looks literally like a throw uh, because, you know, he's very young. So, the big adventures in your life is that you've adopted another dog. Well, I didn't, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, just there now, so. Another dog has been forced upon you by your family. Yeah, we could say that. That's a better way of putting it. Yes. We could say that. That, that okay. That's a much better sounding way to say it. 
Uh, and then it's wow, that's the, that's fucking riveting. Well, then it's just you know the moving and all that. It just took a lot of time and it was just a lot of bullshit. So at least now, like I said, finally we have our bearings back. So. Yeah, yeah, it does take quite a bit of time, and it, it is difficult. Um, you know, uh, you take a whole summer off. I, I moved and didn't really miss a beat, but you know, that's just you know dedication. <clears throat> well, exactly. See, anyway, I, I had a big case of well, let, let, let's put it this way. I will be honest. I had a huge case of the fuck it, and that, <laughs> that was that was my summer. Let's just say because, like I said, we don't have a Patreon. This is a hobby. This actually, instead of making money from it, like some other podcasts do, we just, money is dumped into it, and nothing is returned from that money. So, while other podcasts are out there making hundreds of dollars per month on Patreon, we don't do that. So, I just got a case of, like, I just, huh. I don't know, it was just nice sometimes of just not having to record for a little bit. And like I said, not having the Patreon is great because you don't have anybody to answer to. Like, if you, <laughs> if you miss a week or you miss two weeks, nobody's going to say anything because they're not giving you money to do it. But if you have a Patreon and you... God forbid, I don't know, Mike. I mean... What? No, I'm, I'm just saying that if... If we're making money off from this, if I could quit my fucking job and yeah. literally just watch movies and yeah. do this, yeah. I would do it in a heartbeat. Well, yeah, I understand that. One, one of the perks could be a blowjob from John, as long as you guys get me to that point. <laughs> get me to the point where I can still live the life I live now, Yeah. but without work, with this being my work. It would never happen. It would I'm just saying, people, think about it. Um, I will put chapstick on. I will make sure my face is cleanly shaven. Mm -hmm. Okay. I will watch videos to make sure I get the proper technique down. Right. I'm just saying. All I need is a good forty grand a year. Forty okay? grand a year. And uh, yeah, that's 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 going to be one of the perks right there. Wow, that's a pretty big perk. I think uh, somebody should jump on that. Honestly. No. I think we should get a group campaign going and just see what happens. Well, I'll jump on it. I, I, I will jump on it. That is the perk. Come on, people. He's all for it. Yeah, oh, my God. He is all for it. Seriously, if my life could just be watching movies, prepping, and doing the podcast, it, it would be fucking amazing. But, sadly, that's not. You would have um, no problem putting out weekly episodes, Ben. Shit. I, no, you know what? I really I, wouldn't. If 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 we could do that, I would put out fucking daily episodes. <laughs> I'm serious. I would put daily episodes out if if that could happen. Bi-weekly. How about that? Twice a week. All right, I'll do twice a week, and I'll get and I will get a professional-sounding microphone. All right. But that's what it takes. That's, that's what go, people, people have to do. And and I will actually <laughs> end, and I will actually edit the show. I mean, at that point, you could just let me edit the show because we both know I'm better than you. Uh, I 
don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. I've, 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 I've heard some of your efforts. I forget the name of that. Efforts? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, are, are you talking about drive-in? That's it. Drive-in radio? That's it. Drive-in radio. Yeah, that lasted for all of That shit was episodes. fucking flawless, man. Oh. Yeah, but the, the problem is it took you like six months to edit an episode, so that's why it only lasted It did not take me six months. It, it, it took me... Th- Three or four days to edit the episode. It was six months. <laughs> because literally I had three tracks and I was I I was way too anal about it. I, I wanted yeah, as can. Dave Z puts it, I wanted a tier one quality show yeah. and it was all on me. Yeah. And that stressed me the fuck out. Right. So then see then you get into my lane of saying fuck it. Because it's just not worth it. Well, no. Um, I mean, if people want to go to the back catalog again, last slasher summer, uh, I think it was the oh god, the toolbox murders episode uh, with me and Bo. I edited that episode, and that that took me I don't know two hours maybe, right. and yeah it's mostly broken up because i ate lunch <laughs> um in the upcoming episode i edit one of the interviews yeah uh listeners you are welcome and it it took me like i don't know 40 minutes right. so anyway nobody gives a shit about that uh yeah. the the meaningless shit in my life that's been going on is a lot of work um, with crazy people, crazy uh, and I'm allowed to say that because I actually work in a mental hospital. Yeah, so uh, crazy people. Prepping for the wedding. Oh yeah, yeah. Prepping for the wedding and dealing with crazy people. Um, and then uh, just the just the chaos at home because uh, we are dog and cat setting, and uh, it's not going well. Oh, that's right. Now. The cats that you... Now, not your dogs. Your dogs you don't want to get rid of. It's the dogs that you're sitting that you want to get rid of, correct? Uh, it, it's it's one dog that we're setting. And no, um, I, I would get rid of one of our dogs, because we have two, and the dog we're setting. Um, in fact, the dog that we're setting is, is simply lucky that... Uh, uh, my significant other came home before me. Uh, one specific night, so. That bad, huh? Holy shit. Uh, well, uh, for those of you out there listening that heard that vague threat, it's like, I can't believe this asshole. Look, I'm against animal cruelty like anyone else. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I've said on other episodes that, you know, how I'm against hunting and stuff like that. Um, and I am. I'm completely against it. I'm, I'm just like everyone else. I see the shit on Facebook about the kids that cut dogs, this dog's ears off. It's like, oh, those fucking cruel little bastards. I, I'd love to meet them. Or like the, the video of the guy that punched his dog to death and... You know, it's just like, that is fucking horrible to do that out of just, for, for fun or joy or whatever. You are a sick motherfucker. You are. However. You should be castrated. When you tally it up where uh, we are now out two dog crates, um, 
the big fucking metal ones, not the little plastic ones. Mm. Uh, we're out a uh, Sresto collar. That's not a big deal. A hand-me-down blanket that was um, uh, a favorite of my significant other. Uh, well, a couch. She shouldn't have given um, it to the dog. Unless... Uh, she didn't. The dog took it oh. and ripped it up. Yeah, uh, we are out almost all our dog toys because the new dog just uh, destroys toys. It doesn't play with them. It just destroys them. Um, we are out a wall. Uh, it is chewed a nice big hole in the wall. Um, I said couch. Uh, uh, a window screen it has destroyed that and decided it could escape only to sit on the fucking porch instead of just run away. Uh, and somehow... It got my uh, limited poster down, or they did, and uh, there's now a, a hole chewed in a poster. Have when it? I say limited, I mean rare. It is less than 75 left in the entire world, it? and it is actually autographed to me from Adam Green. Hatchet. Yeah, yeah. If I would have come home that night, I would have killed both those dogs. So how did you... Okay, but... How did you not kill them after the fact? Uh, uh, having worked the, the, the career, the job that I have for so long, yeah. um, uh, when, when I come into a situation like that, like my significant other was already incredibly upset, uh, I, I kind of get focused on that and for whatever reason, I've, I've just worked in a career dealing with crazy, chaotic situations so long that I just shut everything off. It's like I go on autopilot, and I don't, I, I don't get emotional. If I would have been the one to come in and not be prepped and just open the door and see it, yeah, I, I there wouldn't have been that prep. I wouldn't have been able to detach myself. It would have just been. I would have seen it, the, the, the just pure heartbreak, and then dog murder. Would you have cried? Uh, I, I might have, in did all you, honesty. Did you cry? Um, I, I still get... Huh? Did you cry at the... Happy, I did not cry. No, you, I still you, get very, very upset when I see it, though. Oh, you, okay. oh so you still have it, like, on display? No, it's not on display. It's just laying in the basement are you trying to get another one um i don't know how um isn't there a way that you can contact Ariascope and buy a poster through the website they're gone man oh are they they're gone no no shit. i bought i bought the last one sold and as far as i'm aware i'm one of the only people to actually have it you know signed to me it was personalized to me so wow so i guess so i guess when i when i when i when i jizzed on it before in the back room of press play it really that didn't really do the damage that the dog did wow no that that wipes off but uh yeah, it's just, it's just a real kick in the balls. And this whole experience has really just turned me off from dogs. Like, um, at this point in my life, I know I will never have a dog. Now, we may have dogs, but I will never be the one being like, you know, this dog is so awesome, we need to get it. 
my my reaction will more be, well, if that's what you really want, okay. So the dog you were seeing, but I, I'm never gonna be like, this is my dog. I love this dog. Uh, no, I I'm done. So the dog I'm you were done. sitting for was the one that wrecked the poster. It's still fucking there. We've had this fucking dog for two months. How can it still be? There and now? trust I me. I've looked it up. Dogs aren't considered like other things. Like, it's not considered abandoned, and we just have ownership of it. I've already looked. Right. I've looked up all the legality of it and everything. Dogs are considered, at least here in Pennsylvania, like property, and right. we accepted responsibility of it. Hmm. So, yeah. Because I was looking, because if it was just an under the law considered abandoned, his ass was going to the fucking pound. Right. Like, I, I would be driving to work with the biggest smile on my face and <laughs> probably this year and, you know, just walking into the pound. It's your problem now. But you're saying now that that's not... So what are you going to do to get rid of it? Is there anything you can do? Uh, the, well, the best plan right now is we uh, are in contact with the owner, and um, their plan was they were going to pick it up after our wedding, what? which, fuck me, that's just retarded. So you're just going to abandon your pet for four fucking months. Yeah, that's but, kind of stupid. No, we're in, yeah, we're in contact with them now and uh, trying to see if we drive halfway across the country, if they will drive the other half and pick up said animal. Ah. Although, I'm in favor of the pound option. Because yeah. we live in, in a, a nice area where um, we have a high kill rate pound, and yeah. it doesn't really... Uh, it doesn't really uh, adopt out a lot of pets. Their standards are really high, and I think they just make more money off from killing them. Right. And that that's where my money's at. I'm I'm really in favor of just taking it to the pound, so. Well, when do you think... Well, so wait, so... Yeah, but how are you going to drive across the country? Like, if that were to work out, like, what would you have them pay for your expenses to drive there? Yeah, <laughs> this person is that responsible, Mike. No, this this broke motherfucker. I don't want anything from them. I just want them out of my life and done with this bullshit. I so just want it over. You don't enjoy the person in general, then I'm taking it. Uh, no, this experience has kind of soured me. So no, it's just like you don't get any warning that. towards yeah. the behavior of the animal. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, you know... You're telling them what's going on. Oh, well, that's never happened. They're the perfect animal. Well, guess what? It's fucking happening now. Yeah, I guess they're not that perfect after all, unfortunately. Yeah, well. Anyway, uh, moving on past uh, the drama. Uh, do we have anything else to cover before we actually get slashery? Um, let's see. Well, could, technically, it is still summer, so. Um, oh, fuck that bullshit. It's September, man. My fall decorations are up. Have you started decorating for Halloween already? Yeah. Did you hear that um, 
uh, I think I posted it on the group page that uh, there's a rumor going around that uh, Joe Bob is going to be doing a Halloween, I don't know if it's season two of The Last Drive-In, or a Halloween night movie marathon. He, uh, okay, so there is a rumor, and Joe Bob has somewhat addressed it where he said he can't confirm anything, but all he can say is if you, uh, and this is me going off from memory and paraphrasing, because I didn't know you were going to bring this up or I would have been prepped. But uh, I believe he said, if you stay up on October 25th, you might have a surprise. So I don't know what that means, but I'm thinking that we're going to be getting a Halloween special of some sort. So wait, if you stay up... Sort of like the dinners of death or something like that. Ah, so it's not season two of The Last Drive, and you don't think. It'll just be like another... I don't think. Type thing. Now, that's what I don't think. My question to you is: Do you feel now? See, some people were speculating that it would be Nightmare on Elm Street, considering that they do have uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets on Shutter, but they also have Halloween's on Shutter. So I think it would make more sense for it to be Halloween's. I don't know, in all honesty, because. Um you know, for Christmas, we were all speculating that it was going to be Silent Night, Deadly Night. But he threw us a swerve, and well, it was Phantasm. Well, they're not on Shutter, so of course it's not going to be Silent Night. Well, I was at least expecting, you know, something related to Christmas. Right. And, and they threw us the, the swerve. Um, but for Thanksgiving, uh, I was expecting Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that's what we got. So, um, I'm not certain. I, I really, I have no predictions towards that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, Halloween seems the most appropriate, but it's Joe Bob. Um, he could, he could do no wrong, in my opinion, and, uh... He's never done uh, He Halloween. could fucking show Sesame Street all night, and I, I would be okay with well, it. Well, true, but he's never done Halloween, so... That could, you know... And I think that'd be really interesting, um... I'm sure uh, he would mention that. In all honesty... And I would cry. I, I would much prefer him to cover Halloween. I really would. Yeah, well, he would do that, and he would mention Donald the whole time, and I would cry. I'd, I hope by the time he gets to five, he's talking about his drinking problem, um, how Donald clearly doesn't care about this film, uh, how, how Donald was simply contractually obligated to a number five... <laughs> I don't think he was contractually obligated. I just think he did it, and I think Frenchie was an asshole, and that's the bottom line. Uh, well, we discussed that one previously. I don't remember. Uh, I have to go but, back and listen to it. I don't remember it. <laughs> in the back catalog. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it was a Rust production. Uh, it was an inexperienced filmmaker, and it was shot back-to-back pretty much with part four. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think there was contractual obligations. That's why we got so many repeat characters and whatnot. Um, and uh, really, with part five is when we saw the most, or really when people can say there were studio interfe- interference. Not just notes, not just, you know ideas because we heard that with part four yes. but really with five we heard flat out studio interference 
you know, change this beginning. We're not going with that. And all that shit, which, you know, affects a film and affects the crew. It affects everybody. And uh, the stories I've heard about Donald on the set seems like Donald was checked out and didn't care. I mean, the stories of him showing up drunk to dailies with his girlfriend, I don't know if that became his wife or what, but... Yeah, and that led to inconsistencies. So uh, it was a mess. Wife at that time, I believe. Okay. It was so wife. showed up drunk with his wife. I guess yeah. might have been his girlfriend. I'm pretty sure what I heard was girlfriend. So I maybe maybe it was his mistress. Though. I definitely don't think he showed up drunk though. I think he liked his that is it, but exactly he was not drunk. what he said. He was not drunk. That is exactly what they said. And uh, <laughs> Danielle Harris has specifically said in interviews yeah. that she always, during the filming of that, wondered what that smell was on his breath. And she said, it wasn't until later that I found out it was bourbon. Well, obviously, you know, he needed that to deal with her because she was probably an entitled prima donna at that time. Right, right. He needed that to deal with her instead of, I used to fight James Bond and uh, now I'm in fucking bumfuck America shooting this stupid fucking film for the stupid fucking Irishman and... Irishman? What the fuck are you talking about? You're French! Oh, fuck you! I hate the fucking French even more than the Irish! He was in a POW camp during World War II. Yeah, so that gives him a right to be a drunk on set, I guess. I want to get his daughter on for his 100th birthday celebration, I think. Uh, I would like to talk to his daughter that's alive. Wait, wait. And, 100th uh, birthday celebration. Who the fuck celebrates your birthday once you're not birthed? I, I mean, you're not alive. Yes, you are. It's, alive. it's, it's not appropriate. He's alive. You can celebrate the anniversary of his death and memorance of him, yeah. but to celebrate his birthday after he's not fucking alive makes no sense. Yes, it does. He's alive. He's alive in my heart. Well, anyone that's seen your face can only imagine how fucking hideous that heart is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright, let me put it to you this way. Michael J. modeled for one of the mongoloids and Friday the 13th. So when I'm cracking that joke, just think of the demon heart from Jason Goes to Hell. His heart doesn't look normal. It's all fucked up. It's a mongoloid heart. Okay? has that black shit coming out of it. Remember that? The black shit? Yeah, the bile? Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know why everyone hates on it. Way better than fucking Halloween 3. Mm, I disagree. Yeah, because you like bad movies. Halloween 3 is quite good. With Are you unlikable kidding? fucking characters. No, Tom Atkins is the man in Halloween 3. Tom Atkins is the man, but he's not a likable fucking character in Halloween 3. Yes, he is. Everybody no, loves Dr. Chalice. Yes, they do. No, no. He's a bad character. It's getting late. It's a horrible fucking script. Hold on, hold on. Shh. And hold on. Shh. It's getting late. I could use a drink. Jesus Christ. 
if you want good Tom Atkins, watch Night of the Creeps. I'll have to do that. That's a thrill. So that's a thrill. So Mike, throw me. Yeah. yeah, that's a thrill. Thrill. All right, Bucky. Now hold up. Mm-hmm. Why don't you thrill me and take us to the break? This will keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described. Cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. Pieces. Absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. Right, let's fucking rock and roll. Let's do this, Mike. It is fucking 1982, and I'm ready to rock, man. We're, we're focused on the year 1982 for Slasher Summer, uh, this episode anyway, and uh, we're, we're going to be reviewing two films. Up first is obviously 1982's Pieces, but let's discuss a little bit about why we chose 1982 first. Okay? Now, originally, it was supposed to be 1981, and then that got fucked up. But we made the best of it. Alright? And here's why I think 1982 is still a good choice. Okay? Because 1982 was truly a year of change. Okay? Canada became a fully independent nation. Before that, Canada was still part of the British Empire or some shit. You know, the UK, all right? I'll stop cracking wise and actually be a little serious. It was still a sovereignty of that. But now, in 1982, they became fully independent. 
the first artificial heart was placed into a person? That's amazing. 1982, that first happened. All right? Mm-hmm. Time Magazine's Man of the Year was a computer. So the beginning of what we take for granted now was really recognized in 1982. The Commodore 64 8-bit home computer was first launched in 1982. Once again, everything that we take for granted now, the internet, all that, really, really just placed its foot in society, dug in, in 1982. Michael Jackson's Thriller was released. I thought that was 82. And got... No, was 82. Got I stuck. It was and <laughs> everyone's consciousness. You can start to sing Thriller and people will do the dance. Not even Michael Jackson fans know the dance. I don't like Michael Jackson's music at all, but I know the dance. I know Thriller. Everyone does. Exactly. Alright. Metallica recorded their first original song, Hit the Lights, preparing to change the face of heavy metal music forever. I thought that was 83. If you don't agree with that, you can go fuck yourselves. No, 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 no. This was for a compilation album. This wasn't their first album. This was their first original song that Metallica ever recorded. And this was released on a compilation album before Kill 'Em All was released. Oh. Oh, that's right. Kill 'Em All was their first album. I thought yes. fucking Kill 'Em All was released in like 78 or something. No, they're not that old. So what? And the nation became <laughs> the nation became obsessed with ET. Oh yeah, that was eighty-two. Extraterrestrials. John Carpenter's The Thing bombed in theaters. Oh, God, yeah. just imagine that. That bombed. Poltergeist. It bombed, and it bombed hard. Oh boy. John Carpenter almost quit directing. He took it so personal because it was such a passion project for him. But it bombed in theaters. Because the world was obsessed with E.T., the happy, friendly alien. And for their frights, they had the, you know, all-American film of Poltergeist. And really, is there a more American film than Poltergeist? Yeah. I don't think so. I really don't. There can be. And last but not least... Jason Voorhees not only resurrected the 3D format, but he got his iconic look with the hockey mask and set the tone for future Friday the 13th films all in 1982. See? I can do it. Yeah. So, yeah. 1982 is a real year of a lot of change going on. And uh, I think that's pretty impressive to look back on and really just consider that. I mean, when you lay it all out there, it's pretty overwhelming. I mean, you know, uh, worldwide with Canada becoming independent, uh, the medical advances, the technological advances, and then just the entertainment things that are still relevant today. It's it's mind-boggling. It certainly is. But before we really get into this, mm-hmm. um, 
with last year's Slasher Summer, I really got into critiquing the discs and, and the presentation and everything because we were focused on 88 films. He hates 88 films. Well, with us just... Huh? You hate 88 films. What was that? You hate 88 I don't films. hate them. Yes, I think do. they make... I, I think they put out some good releases. Um, it's just... They they are a little bare bones sometimes, and sometimes they don't put out the best quality. Wow. They're fair. Let's let's put it that way. Fair. But with us discussing, and if you don't believe me, listen in the back catalog to our last slasher summer, you and I get fully into detail after every movie review. You love back catalog, don't you? <laughs> Uh, someone's got to give us some love, goddammit. Yeah. But, <laughs> with us focusing just solely on slashers, I started to think, how am I really going to critique these? Because they're not all the same, but they're slasher films. And I love slasher films. I, I think they just probably the subgenre that I most gravitate to. And they're they're really known for a couple things. So I thought... One thing that I have to look out for is what it's known for. So I stopped and I thought about it. And so I, what I'm going to be really looking for in these movies is the GSF. All right. So that's the meter that I viewed these films tonight with. The, the All gratuitous, right. G? The gratuitous sexual fucking. Uh, Close. Yeah. Kind. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So the G stands for gore. It's a slasher film. Does it bring the gore? Yeah. All right. In my opinion, a good slasher film should have the gore. Does it bring the sexiness? That's the S, people. Because that's what slasher films did in the 80s. Yeah. You always had your tits and your blood. So if it's not bringing the gore, is it bringing the sexiness? Right, but do and if it's not bringing, it, and um, if it's not bringing the G or the S, God, I really hope it's bringing the fucking fun. And right there's the F, people. Oh, fun. fun. That is something that has always stood out to me. It, is slashers are just fucking fun. So that's what I'm looking for with all these films. Is it bringing the gore, the sexiness, or fun? Right. And if it brings all of them, fuck yes. And then gets an FY. Fuck yes from you. <laughs> no, we're still going with the normal grading system, but let's not delay it anymore. Yeah. Let's not hold it up, Michael. Let's get into pieces. So, Mike, why don't you tell us the synopsis for pieces? Um, let's see. I don't really have it up because I didn't know we were doing that, but... Um... You always do that, Mike. That's the format for Slasher Summer. What are you doing here, man? This isn't a quick review. We're actually we're focusing on the film. Come on. Uh, okay. I well, thought you I'll, were I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, give, I'll give my I'll give my synopsis of it. It's a guy. <laughs> gonna, a guy who is a grown-up kid who was putting together a nudie puzzle when he was a kid. And 
This is like hearing a four-year-old trying to tell you about the movie they watched. There was a guy that's a grown-up kid, and when he was a kid, he was putting together a puzzle, and it was new! And, and he killed his mother, you know, and cut her into pieces. Alright, so alright, 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 since Mike... Alright, hold up. Alright, alright. We got it, Mongoloid. Alright, so here's an off the cup synopsis. Yeah, okay. The Boston College yeah, is being plagued by mysterious. By a mysterious. No, this is completely off the cuff, man. Yeah. By the mysterious murder of co eds with missing body pieces. Who is behind this, and what is their motives? It's the kid that was putting together the nudie puzzle when he was a kid. I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, it's all right, all right. You, you know what I'm so as Mike's about. alluding to, and and I do appreciate how you, you laughed when I said Boston. Um, well, yeah, uh, so this... this cough my ass. Boston. No, it was. I completely just made that up. No, you write off fucking. You forget, I'm an actual educated person that can write. Oh. So something like that's not very difficult for me. Right? Yeah, you probably wrote up that that synopsis back in June. No, actually, I didn't. Um, but synopsis is a really easy. Uh, if you've ever actually listened to Grave Shift Radio, uh, I, I was always is. the person that had to. Do oh fuck you! <laughs> but. Oh. I was always the person that had to do the synopsis for the films. You were the synopsis. And, uh, yeah, I had to synopsize the films. <laughs> and uh, it was usually so much easier just to write my own than to go off from IMDb because IMDb's is usually either too descriptive or fucking horrible. Ah, so it's pretty easy you, you you put like three sentences together giving a brief outline uh, and then you toss in some questions to make it sound ominous and hook people Ooh, like like who was the boy that was putting together the nudie puzzle that chopped his mother up <laughs> into little itty bitty pieces or he when he got the chick in the waterbed and fucking there's blood all over and fucking cut off their tits and stuff and yeah. <laughs> oh, Mike. All right. So anyway, I'm not going to let us get sidetracked. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is going to be a long one. So, yeah, um, yeah th this movie opens and it, it tells us right off the bat, this is 1942 Boston. All right. All right. So what we're being shown when we see that title card does look like Boston, and then as soon as we fucking go inside, it, I, you're not selling me that that's Boston. That house doesn't look like Boston. That kid doesn't look like a Boston kid. I already, I'm, I'm not buying it. Sorry, movie. Can, can I just say, can I just <laughs> so, say one? Can I just say one thing real quick? Um, for, yeah. for for our listeners, if you do not want to hear a scene by scene breakdown of a movie, please listen to Shutter Show or not listen, but. Watch Shutter Showdown on our YouTube channel. Thank you. There we go. Uh, well, there's a difference. You can do a quick, sloppy review where you jump all over, or you can actually kind of go through a movie and discuss it. 
a scene by scene breakdown we could do, but there's no point in that. Yeah. Um, this we're hitting the highlights. Yeah. All right. Like I said, we, we open up in '42. Yeah. I, they do that just to show us a time frame. And it didn't look uh, like 1942. As you already said, Mike. It looked like '82. It didn't look like '42 to me. I know. But uh, as you said, there's a little boy. He's putting together a nudie post or a poster. He's putting together a nudie puzzle. No, Mike. Which I didn't know that was a fucking thing. I didn't know that 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 a kid could get that type of a puzzle in the first place. Honestly. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it was his dad's before his dad left. But but anyway, he's putting together a puzzle of a nude woman. His mom walks in, blah, blah, blah. And we get our first kill of the film. You know, fuck, man. We're like two minutes in and we got a kill already. Yeah. I mean, he kills her with an axe. And, 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 and it's a pretty decent kill. Yeah. I, I enjoy this kill. I mean, for that kid to be I able mean, to lift that axe and fucking... I mean, you're fucking chopping through bone and he was like six years old. That's a fucking psycho. Oh, we right see there. the act. What? What I really like about this kill. Sorry to cut you off, but what I really like about this kill is we see the axe hit the head, and it's not the typical slasher film where it just automatically buries itself in. It hits yeah. her in the head. She starts to bleed, mm-hmm. and then he hits the bitch again. That that's much more realistic. You're oh, not yeah. gonna, especially a child. You're not gonna hit somebody once in the head and it just be buried into their fucking skull. Oh yeah, he's a cold-hearted psychopath, and he wants that bitch to die, and that's the whole thing. Because. See, he wants to get back to building the puzzle, and she, you know, um, came into the room and yelled at him, and he felt like the ultimate shame, because he probably had a little six-year-old chubby going, and he wanted to, like, you know, enjoy the puzzle and build it so that he could see what all the pieces formed. So he needed to get rid (laughs) of that woman as soon as possible. Well, I think we lost you there, but anyway. Um, so he picked up that uh, One point boom. I want to make. Boom. boom. Oh, you're back. Yeah. I'm back. Sorry. I guess I lost. You got a little glitchy there. Oh, I apologize. Maybe I got lost. One of us got lost, but anyway. Yeah. Um, I want to make this point before we move on, and yeah. this, this goes for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, they say this is Boston. Boston. This is fucking and Boston. Yeah. You know, we're going to go down to Bahaba later, you know, up in Maine, and then we're going to go, I don't know, it's fucking Boston. Who gives a shit? You know, Marky Mark and all that bullshit. Whatever's Boston, you know. <laughs> but this movie is fucking incredibly European. Mm. But they really try and hammer home the point that this is Boston and the good old U.S. of A. I mean, there's fucking flags everywhere. And, you know, people are just walking around with USA clothing. That's not something people wore in the 80s. You were wearing a fucking sweater with giant USA across your tits. That's No. No movie. That was was to draw attention. In, in their defense, that was to draw attention to the tits, and that was the only reason it was there. They were twice the size of the tits. It literally was just, USA! Yeah, well, it was like is... any chance they had, just like, hey, hey, no, 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 ignore the accents, yeah. ignore all that European architecture. Yeah. This is USA, look at those flags, man, look at her shirt, it says USA. You know it's in the USA then, right? Fucking no. hell. <laughs> yeah, well, that just okay. They they may have been 
thin, small, but the USA was supposed to enhance them and make them seem bigger than they actually were. <laughs> Alright, so, we got our setup for the movie. Now we jump four years into the future, the far, far off land of glorious 1982. <laughs> that would mean and, that the six-year-old boy was 48? I think I I'm I don't know if they actually give us the age of the kid, but yeah, we're going with late forties. I'm gonna say he had maybe to be fifty. Least, I'm gonna say he had to be at least six to lift that axe and swing with that velocity. Yeah, I'm going late forties, maybe fifty, so somewhere in there. Um, but uh, something right out the bat here, we're we're back. We see the puzzle, but there's someone fucking around with it with black leather gloves and uh, the the mother that we saw earlier the, there's the clothing and as soon as I see this I'm just thinking wait did we fuck up is this not a slasher film there are black leather fucking gloves is this a fucking jello film and I still I still ask myself that I'm kind of leaning on the edge that we might have fucked up Mike I think this might be the semi jello, half say, jello, or jello or three jello? quarters jello, half slash jello, jello, or giallo? jello, jello. Ja- there's there's always room for jello. Ah, you fucking exploding heads rip off artist. <laughs> um, yeah. So I and looking at the, I, I automatically I saw it. I'm like, fuck. This isn't a slasher, but it still has some heavy slasher elements. Right. Um, this it, it might be a Jallo at heart, Ooh. but man, this motherfucker wants to be a slasher. <laughs> so, I yeah. Think anyway, blend uh, both, both styles. Yeah, it might be. It might be. It might be. I mean, but let's not sleep on this movie because this thing does not fuck around. Um, it starts, uh, introducing red herrings right off from the bat after this, and then we get another fucking murder. That fucking quick. Not only do we get the, the setup with the murder, then they're, they're tossing like three red herrings at us right off the bat after we see, you know, four years later, mm-hmm. but we, we get another murder that fucking quick. Uh, we're talking like what? 10 minutes into the movie, Mike? Yeah, probably about that. Yeah, so so we get our red herrings, which is the groundskeeper, uh, the dean, and, and like one or two other guys, maybe. I, I don't know. Anyway, the important part of this scene is there's a girl laying studying on the lawn. And, cause, you know, that's what happens in colleges. Maybe that is what happened in 1982. I don't know. I'm not that old. But anyway, she's laying there studying. And for some reason, when she's laying there studying, she has her dress pulled up to like just barely... Like, if there's a soft breeze, yeah. you're going to see her whole ass. Like, yeah. this thing is just barely covering it. Well, you know what that's so, called? It's like it's... she was laying there. It's like, this good? And the, the, the Italian... Pro- no, no, honey. No, higher. Higher. That's, that's higher. called easy higher, access. Honey. Easy access. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's ooh, so close. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they had Bush She's laying there. And then just, just, just out of fucking nowhere, the killer... 
cuts her fucking head off with a chainsaw. Yeah, that was great. That was great. And you know what? It's <laughs> this broad, kills. It's, and it's fucking broad daylight too. Anybody walking yes! by, anybody walking by could have seen that. Why? Yeah, that. I, I mean, in all reality, that is kind of a big flaw that is a college campus in the middle of the day, and the killer is able to just uh, carry a chainsaw and cut this bitch's fucking head off. And it's, it's, it's on a lawn in a public area. Not only does he cut her head off, but there's fucking blood everywhere. And yeah. so how does he walk away with a chainsaw covered in blood yeah. and not get whatever? Well, he had a, That's a, not what to take from this film. This is not a thinking film. Alright, if you haven't figured it out already. Yeah, he had a shield that he held up to like <laughs> block the spray of blood, like the arterial spray. When he hit the artery, it just so, hit the shield. So so he like Patrick Bateman did up with like the the whole plastic rain suit thing. <laughs> yep, yep. And then what he did was he, he just stripped off and he, you know, streaked. <laughs> he streaked around the campus. <laughs> then there was a report of oh, somebody fuck, with a fuck. huge dong running around. <laughs> Actually, probably not uh, huge. It was probably small, minuscule in size, maybe. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm betting to. Yeah. But at this point, uh, if you guys haven't figured it out, this is not a thinking person's movie. This is a shut your fucking brain off and have fun with this movie. Because right. we're ten minutes in. We've already seen a mm, uh, <clears throat> a girl studying get her head lopped off with a fucking chainsaw, blood everywhere. So mm-hmm. sit back and enjoy. Yeah. And I I just like how how quick we're moving. But yeah. uh, and I think cops, by this point it the cops the come to you. It was I, is, this is when I was just like okay we're 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 getting all three right off the bat. We're ten minutes in and we're hammering all three. So. Good job, movie. Right. <laughs> so, you know, obviously the cops show up because, uh, well, this is kind of a jallo, and they follow the cops investigating the murders. Shit. And uh, I don't know how much I trust this lead detective because he can't light his fucking cigar. Yeah. Jesus uh, Christ. I gotta say, I like <sighs> Christopher George in, I mean, he was in a lot of, like, 80s horror films. Uh, I did not like him here one bit. <laughs> I did not. I, I wanted, I literally wanted to reach into the TV and shake him. Shake him. And be like, why are you doing this? Why are you slumming it? Make graduation day two and leave this movie alone. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, it bothers me because if you're gonna, if 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 you're gonna have your character and one of his traits is he smokes a cigar, don't make a fucking joke out of it because then you make him look inept. That every time you see him with a cigar, he's trying to light it and can't. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ! You know what? I smoke cigars. Yeah. And you know what? I have a cigar lighter. I have a pack of matches. And I have a fucking pack of matches in my car. I can light my motherfucking cigar anytime I want. Right. Jeez. All right. All right. So, moving on, we, we then get to meet one of our main characters. Um, and uh, this this movie's not good at characters. So, uh, excuse me if I don't really remember his name. But so we're introduced to some fucking nerd, and he's in the library. Yeah. 
No, and this no. this smoking hot blonde hands him a note asking to fuck in the pool. Yeah. This movie makes no sense if I haven't said that already. So no. shut off your brain because this fucking nerd is getting handed this. Right. Either that or holy fuck am I sorry I missed the 80s. Anyway, so she then fucks off in her subtle USA sweater that we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. And the nerd throws the note away. Are you fucking kidding me? This loser would have picked up the fucking table with his boner upon reading this if that bitch had actually handed it to him. And then he would have raced her to the goddamn pool, and by the time she got there, he would have been naked swimming around. You know, just mm-hmm. just see him floating with a dick sticking straight up. Oh, without a doubt. That, uh, that would have happened. But, but the... This guy, and, and, and the movie does this guy no favors. Like, he's portrayed as a nerd. He looks as a nerd. And and they're treating him like he's fucking Don Juan. It makes yeah. no goddamn sense. But we then see saw the killer pick up the note, blah, blah, blah. They sneak off. Um, and, of course, we, we, we have to take a moment to admire uh, said, said blonde. Who's now topless swimming around? Yeah, that was. Uh, All right, we took that moment to admire that, and now this bitch dies. <laughs> I didn't admire it because I don't like blondes very much, so I didn't admire that at all. Uh, I I I appreciate that the killer uses the fucking pool skimmer just to drag her over. <laughs> yeah, that was that was something special. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, come on, that's funny. That was special. I'll I'll give it that. <laughs> That was Not only does he do that, but then he kills her with a fucking chainsaw. <laughs> now this this one we don't really see. No. But we see the after effects. Because, yeah, you know, I, our red herring shows up. Go I, ahead. I, I was going to say I felt cheated by that. I think that we should have seen yeah. more. Well, I, they can't show you everything. And I, I, I think I, I don't feel cheated because we don't see the murder. However, we see the effects. And I, I think that's enough. I mean, because she's in pieces. Just like the title of this fucking movie. She is in pieces. Yes. I mean, because we get the groundskeeper showing up. We get our, our library nerd, uh, Kendall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, why the fuck is a groundskeeper at the pool at night? Anyway, um, <laughs> cops show up. They arrest the groundskeeper. And... For some reason, this groundskeeper is a complete fucking badass and takes out, like, six cops before they're able to get him. What the fuck is that? Yeah, that was funny. But uh, it's at this point that the cops uh, start actually questioning what's going on here, and they have a, a, a very poignant question. And I, I actually wrote it down. And they are, the reading on this is amazing, too. It's It's, okay, let me see if I can do it justice. I wonder what he's doing with all that. Uh, sorry. I wonder what he's doing with all the pieces that are missing. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so the, the cops automatically assume because the groundskeeper fought back that he's the one that did it and they let Kendall, our, our library nerd, go, but not really because they make him see a psychologist, which... Why? This, this this serves no point in the movie. It I don't know not. why they have it in here. 
Correct. Yeah. I don't know. Could have all been cut. But they then... <laughs> this, this movie's so fucking stupid. They then assign a famous tennis champion who's also a new cop to go undercover with, with this fucking kid who should be one of the major suspects in this investigation. Back to the college. Like, like they're like, oh, this kid will help you out. He's your liaison, blah, blah, blah. And look out for her, kid. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. This is this is most likely your killer. <laughs> most likely. And in a real police investigation, both these motherfuckers would be in jail until they figure it out. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, but obviously, the cops don't have the right person. And since they're setting up, you know, library nerd as Don Juan, he's not our killer. So we get to see our uh, our gloved killer stitching a head on, and then the killer stalks some dancers, and you know, we're taking some time to admire what's going on mm-hmm. without any other real reason, right? <laughs> and. Uh, uh, the killer, the killer then goes to a fucking okay. So one of the girls runs off, and the killer goes to take an elevator, and there's a girl waiting there, and she recognizes him. All right, so they're they're trying to build a mystery, so we got to go along with it. So we know it's somebody that is known amongst the students. Right. All right. Now let's get to the actual important part of the scene because he fucking kills this bitch in the elevator with a motherfucking chainsaw. <laughs> he he stealthily hides a fucking chainsaw behind his back. They get on the elevator and then he just pulls it out, starts it up and cuts her fucking arm off. This is pretty goddamn cool. Yeah. I have to say this is one of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it that. I'll I, I have to that. Okay, out of this out of the kills, I, I like the one in the beginning, or the two in the beginning, but this one, this one is, is really cool. I, I like the, the cutting her arm off and everything, but there are two that stand out, and we haven't got to them yet, so. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we have another pointless scene where uh, the nerd hears the screams, he leads some stupid-ass cops back, because they... I'm not saying that the, the cops, as in, like, cops are stupid-ass. No, these cops are just fucking morons. They're like the cops from Halloween 5. They should have the sound effects with them, you know. Boing, doo, 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 doo. Right. Oh, so the early 80s, they didn't do that clown music yet. Uh, yeah, alright. So they, they find the dead bitch, um, and uh, they, they try and do this very cliche thing where all the suspects are now here and it's just pointless again this is this serves no point it's like a scooby-doo lineup thing where who could it be shaggy and and everyone's just standing there no fuck jeez how okay how old was the writer or how many drugs did they do mike (laughs) i i don't know but again it is european like you said so you know, they probably do do quite a bit of, um, partying, so to speak. Yeah. Alright, so, then from this pointless scene, we go to another, even more pointless scene of the nerd struggling to have sex with this screamer. 
and he's getting upset and is going to leave because she's being too loud. Because that's a thing college guys do. But here's something for the ladies. We get a really good look at his uncircumcised dick. Yeah, that, was, that was special. That was but anyway, so he's all mad at this girl because she's being loud while sex. Anyway, oh, God, I can't. Fucking so stupid. Yeah. Um, he sees the undercover cop wandering around, and he decides, well, I'm not going to finish with this screamer and have fun. I'm going to go see what the undercover cop's doing. Right. And the biggest what-the-fuck moment of this entire film then happens and this incredibly pointless scene. And, Mike... I know you love this. Mm-hmm. Take it away, man. Um, trying to think what the fuck are you even talking about? Um, My karate teacher! Oh, uh, what the hell was it? <laughs> Alright, so... Alright, I, I got you. It, it's when the Asian dude shows up and he just attacks this undercover cop for no reason, right. passes out, alright, and then Kendall shows up and then the Asian guy's coming too. He says, "Hi, this is my kung fu professor." And the guy makes some some joke about bad Asian food and runs off. Like, what the fuck? Are you yeah, was... are you fucking serious, film? <laughs> yeah, they did it definitely. I mean, but that's their, uh, you know. That's the MO with this. Well, I, I, a lot of stupid shit. I, okay, I can actually tell you what this was. All right, uh, this guy was actually a pretty big martial artist. Um, did quite a few films with uh, Bruce Lee, I believe. And uh, they actually found out that he was in Italy while they were shooting this. Right. Spoiler: This was shot in Italy. Mm. And uh, actually asked him to come on set, even though there was nothing in the script, or anything. So they they literally just put this in to have this guy there and. Jesus Christ movie. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of... Uh, Alright, so... Uh, the Yeah. The, we then have the killer, and he follows this girl, and he stabs her to death on a waterbed. Alright? Yeah, now this... Something. I like that. That was a nice This kill. is a fucking amazing kill. Yes. And then when he stabs her in the knife, goes through her head and is sticking out the mouth. Yeah, that was pretty that, good. Oh, For this movie, I that love was it. good. Probably, probably a little better than it should have been. But uh, this, I, I'm, I'm saying right now, this is my favorite murder. It's, it's great. Don't, don't ask why you know a college. Like locker room area has a waterbed or something like it's, it's European. It's a European thing, I guess. Or it's a I'm fucking high on cocaine and everything else while I'm writing the script thing. I I don't know. Don't question it. And it is an amazing murder, and it needs to be seen. If you've never seen this movie, watch it at least for that. Yeah. I mean, some of the other kills are pretty fucking cool too, but. <laughs> um. Alright, uh, the following day there's uh, a girl playing tennis. She, of course, gets naked, hammering home the S. Um, and 
we actually get a, a pretty decent little chase with the killer going after her. And the second favorite kill right here, man. Mm -hmm. uh, where we see her take the saw in the stomach. When you see the saw slice her stomach, like cutting through. It, it, oh my god. This, this is great. And it looks so amazing because they, they actually cut a pig. Right. Uh, it's, it's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. <sighs> I mean, it's something. It's something. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that's my second favorite murder. I like it because the girl's running. She's trying to hide behind the door. He, he's cutting the door. And then she's just kind of cowering in the, the corner. She pisses herself. And he just... He, he goes right after her, cutting her right in fucking half. It's 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 good. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, I and then they, they, they we we have our our undercover cop whose name I I don't know. I never even wrote it down. And we have Kendall the nerd. And they show up and they discover the murder chick and, you know, the the police then further recruit this nerd to help go through some records. Are you fucking kidding me? Not only should this guy be a prime suspect showing up at how many murder sites, right. but you not only have him helping with the undercover cop, but you're going to pull him into police headquarters and have him go through confidential police files. Holy fuck. <laughs> Alright, but of course, he's the one that finds out the clue that the dean's mother was murdered and he has since changed his name ah so wow so, so yeah so the so, pieces are starting to fit together oh good one <laughs> mm -hmm. all right so at the same time this is going on undercover cop is actually meeting with the dean Oh no, and the Dean drugs her, and he's about to cut off her feet, or lick them, or make love to him. I don't know, he's really about her feet, and it's kind of fucking creepy. But, the cops show up with the nerd, of course, because when I'm gonna go arrest a suspect as a cop, I'm gonna take this kid along who's solved my entire fucking case for me. Oh, Jesus Christ. But anyway, we're, we're, we're not done yet, because there's... The cops... Kill the bad guy. All right, we're we're not gonna skirt around that. But there's one great thing that happens as well because the lead detective's partner accidentally finds this human jigsaw puzzle. So the dean has been murdering all these coeds and taking pieces from their body, and he's been sewing them together, creating this. I don't know, masterpiece of a, a woman, I guess. Right. All right. And this thing falls out of the closet or hiding space or whatever the fuck it is on top of the nerd. All right, Kendall. But wait, that's not all. All right. So not only does he scream like a bitch and be terrified because of that, but literally, literally, he stands up. They start to talk about it. The stitched together corpse comes to life and rips Kendall's dick off. That Hard was, cut into film. I am not fucking shitting you. Yeah, that was fucking great. When that happened, I was like, wow. <laughs> that takes, that's fucking power right there. It just fucking, 
that was like a fucking like a wolf dog. Just I, I mean, like he screams like a woman, stands up, they start to talk, and you just see the hand come up, grab his dick yep. through his pants, yep. and rip it off. Oh and then they gosh. just end it. It's just the end of the film. Yeah. Wonder why they never made a sequel. Like, you can you can sequelize that. You can sequelize that. I you want you want the corpse coming back and killing uh, uh, male college students to to create you know kind of like the the Frankenstein's bride, but yeah. you, you know doing it in reverse. So yep. she's making her male mate. Yep. 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 <laughs> I want that, and I would. Like oh man, I, right. I would like that very much. All right, Mike. So that—that's pieces. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what is what is your thoughts oh, on uh, on this one? I mean, I did enjoy it for what it was. I definitely thought that it was fun. I mean, albeit, like I said, uh, Christopher George was just, ugh, I can't, I, I just can't. Um, I like some of the kills. The nudity was enjoyable. Um, I really do think that um, this is one that I will revisit. Um, it was one that I bought, I think, I got the Grindhouse releasing uh, Blu-ray, which did come with a replica of the nudie puzzle that the child was building at the beginning of the film in 1942. Um, I still have it wrapped up in the in the uh, case. I have not opened it yet. Um, but it is assembled in the case and it is a naked woman. Um, yes. Um, I mean, all in all, That's cool, though. it was I enjoyed it, yes. Um, I, I really do wish... Uh, I mean, I guess it's good that I bought it. Um, when I did, <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish, um, after watching, cause I had seen it, um, on VHS years before when I was, when I was younger and I didn't really remember it, uh, much from that point cause I really only watched that VHS once. Um, so then I bought the, the Blu-ray, um, and I paid up for it. I think, I think I paid between 40 and 50 for it. Um, when I bought it, I forget where the hell I bought it from, but I know it's a limited edition, so, yeah, I paid, like, between 40 and 50 for it, I think. Um. Wow. And, yeah, and after watching... Do you I, feel that was worth it after having watched it recently? Well, well, let's put it this way. Like, I bought it <laughs> based on the memories that I had of watching the VHS back in the day when I was a young child. And, uh, okay. my my memory was not as good as I thought it would have been, um, because I really <laughs> wish that I would have, uh, um, waited. And, uh, I mean, because <laughs> when, when I saw, when that was being released and I saw it was being released, I was like, you know how you get with Evil Dead and shit, and you're like, fuck yes, fuck yes, fuck, fuck yeah, yeah, man, fuck yeah, well, that's when I heard that this was coming out in, like, a fucking limited edition fucking Blu-ray with the puzzle. My fucking brain. I was, like, doing backflips in my skull. I was like, 
I gotta buy this <laughs> motherfucker. I have to find it. I have to buy it. It's limited. I have to get it right the fuck away. So I fucking paid up for that bitch because I'm like, yeah. And then I put it into the archives when it came because I'm like, you know, well, I'll get around to watching it. I'll definitely watch it at some point. Then when this came up and I was watching it for this, I, I watched it. I was like, it was good. But it, really <laughs> it really wasn't $40, $50 good. And Michael J's got a little bit of an impulse problem that I really should maybe kind of try to check. Because, uh, uh, needless to say, I have great buyer's remorse on that title. Ooh. Okay, with you saying that then, what would you rate this? Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. On a scale of... One to five stars, to five, half stars oh, allowed. Right. Oh, that's right. I don't do half stars because I rate round up. You know that I always do. Um... I would probably give this a three-star rating. Okay. Okay. Uh, for it myself, fun, like bitch. you, I, I hadn't seen this. What? I said it brought the fun, bitch. Uh, okay. I, just not yeah, $40. I, I agree there. Yeah, just not $40. <laughs> yeah, like you, I, I hadn't seen this in years. Um, I only had vague memories of it. I didn't have pleasant memories because I, I, I didn't really grow up with this. Uh, I, I was introduced to it probably around uh, 22 um, by somebody, uh, a friend of a friend, and they loved it. And I, I watched it, and it was, you know, schlocky and not the best production. Eh, whatever. But so that was kind of my memories of it. But I, I mean, it's got an interesting plot. I, I like the idea of the killer hacking people up and taking body parts. That's cool. Right. It has some really nice kills in it, as we talked about. I mean, that's mostly what our review was: was getting from kill to kill. And really focusing on, oh my god, it was so fucking cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's really about it, though. I mean, the actors are all right. Um, but, I think all right is being generous. Yeah, yeah. I, well, they're, they're acting... I, I, I will call actors all right if their acting doesn't actually take me out of the experience. Like, if you are so fucking bad that you take me out of the illusion of the film, if if I'm watching it, it's like, holy shit, you are a fucking horrible actor. Uh -huh. Then you're not all right. You are just plain bad. But they didn't take me out of it with it being that bad. So they were all right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, this is a lot more of a shallow film in... <sighs> Even as that, it almost feels like a, a cheap Jallo ripoff of Texas Chainsaw or, you know, something like that. Uh, but, like we said, this one definitely brings the GSF. I mean, there are, we've talked about it. There, there's awesome kills. You know, I highlighted two that I thought were fantastic. So there's the gore. Um, they, they definitely fulfill the sexiness. And there is fun. So it hits all that, and really, that knocks it above its mediocreness into a three, just like you. So, yeah, I'm a three as well. And this is kind of a rarity where we agree, because that doesn't always happen. That rarely happens. No, yeah, it definitely. <laughs> rarely, rarely, rarely happens. Yeah, I mean, 
honestly, if if you could just get a cut of this where it's the murders, yeah, you'd be fine. Like that's really all you need. Everything else is skippable, in my opinion. But for what that those scenes do, they are fun enough that they make it a three at least. I, I mean, the rest of it is passable. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't bore me. I wasn't I wasn't eager to grab my phone. You know, and nothing like that. So it's it's passable. It's a three. But you know, Mike, I, I'm I'm feeling like this was a little lackluster. So I kind of I kind of want to do something a little more iconic. You know, I don't want to stick with this cheap Italian, maybe Jallo, maybe slasher. I want to go with the '80s fucking Godfather of slashers. Let's take a break and let's do Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Part Three in 3D. I actually did watch it in 3D, but we're going to get into that. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, God. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure. That must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch versus the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Witch versus the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break! Friday the 13th, part 3 in Super 3D. The all new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not, it will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3, in Super 3D, rated R. Friday the 13th, Part 3, opens tomorrow at selected theaters and drive-ins. Sunday show, Friday the 13th, part 3 edition. That's right, bitches. The Sunday show has gone horror. No, I'm Wait, do you want me to uh, log off and, and call you from, like, a house phone so the quality suddenly drops? And... Ah, that would be perfect. Let's do that. And this will be Rabbit and Red Sunday show edition. And 
I, I think that's a good idea. See, you're brilliant. You get it. All right, so hit us with the synopsis of Friday the 13th Part 3, Mike. Okay, well, Friday the 13th Part 3 was made in 1982. I think it was released... Yeah, I think it was released sometime in... Oh, what the fuck was it? Sometime in... um, um, Mike, Mike, we're not looking for all the technical details. We're uh, we're looking for a a synopsis, a brief summary of the plot. It is my favorite... um, It is one of my favorite Friday films. Um, And it takes place the day after Friday the 13th Part 2, which I don't understand why they called it Friday the 13th Part 3 at that point. They should have called it Saturday the 14th. Uh, that would have made more sense. Um, and Jason is, again, wreaking havoc, but not... See, but this is what I'm against. He's not at Crystal Lake. He's at Higgins Haven. Well, here, here's the thing. Um, Higgins Haven is actually part of Crystal Lake. Okay, when the fuck did that happen? No, 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 no. Higgins Haven is the name of the farm, all right, on Crystal Lake. Okay, all right, well, here's the deal. I watched Friday the 13th Part 1 and Friday the 13th Part 2 prior, well, no, when I first saw Friday 3, I had watched 2 before it. I didn't see a farm in Friday the 13th 1 or 2, so I... Well, you have to realize, Crystal Lake is a big lake in New Jersey, all right, or... Maybe Vermont, depending on the film you're watching. I but, thought it was California. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Anyway, it's a big lake. Yeah. And uh, Higgins Haven is just a, a family farm on one of the sides. So what we have to imagine is there's uh, Crystal Lake. And then there's Camp Crystal Lake mm-hmm. all right, on one side. And, you know, down a little ways from that is... Uh, Fuck, I can't remember the name of it. But the 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 counselor training camp for oh, part two. Lake Pakanak Lodge. Pakanak, right. Pakenak. And then down the lake from that is Higgins Haven. So probably Higgins Haven is one of the first, you know, uh, uh, residential properties oh. on the lake. So yeah, you probably have these two camps and then a little bit of ground and then Higgins Haven. You know, because the, the rich family was just like, well, we don't want these commoners coming and enjoying the lake around us. No, no, no. We're going to buy this property by the 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 private land separating us and those two camps. Yes. So you're saying that, that Chris, you're saying that her parents um, were rich. Uh, richer. I mean, they own this property. This is just like a camp to them, but it's a full working farm. They stock it every year with hay for horses that they're going to buy, but they just can't bring themselves to buy these horses and leave them at a property that they never fucking visit. Right. They so pay this guy yeah, to to fucking so work Rick. there. Yeah. Rick, yeah. They, they pay Rick to work there. So they're not poor, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I was wondering. Yeah, I, I thought that they had money in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I'm middle class, and I don't have nothing like that. Would you buy Higgins Haven? Oh, fuck yeah, I would. Would you? We buy were actually Higgins? talking yesterday that that would that is a goal of ours to actually have a camp. And you can make your own Friday the Thirteenth movie. I could actually do that at my house. Anyway, it's a good one. So I don't even know. Did, 
did you actually give the synopsis yet? Um, I started to, but we went into this, and that's fine. Because everybody Fucking knows times. it's Friday three. Everybody yeah. knows it. All right, so Friday three. Quick synopsis. Uh, after the events of part two, uh, Jason stumbles upon Higgins Haven, oh, and uh, Jason occurs. Jason occurs. That's yeah. Great Enough said. Game. Yeah. Uh, 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 all right. I want to bring this up, all right, because with this one, we start of a recap of where we kind of left off with part two. You know, and I, that's what I liked about the earlier entries in the franchise is that each one kind of had a recap at the beginning for at least, you know, for the first four. I enjoyed that, and I think well, they should have kept that going. Here's here's why I really wanted to talk about this because this is just a recap. Films back then used to do that because you know home viewing wasn't really a thing. So it's been a year. The, uh, part two's added to the theaters. Yeah. So we got to catch people up a little bit because we're picking right up from that, right? Pretty much. Okay. So when people are so fucking confused with Evil Dead Part Two. Ash did not go back to the cabin with another woman named Linda. He did, though. It is a fucking recap. Yep, but it's The only not. problem is, is it was produced by a different studio, so they had to change things up, and Sam decided to simplify it. Fucking morons. So basically, he remade his movie. No, no. It's a recap. And as soon as the force hits Ash is when part two starts. Just like when Jason pulls the machete out of his shoulder, part three starts here. Yeah, but that's a pretty big fucking recap, it seems like. Well, Believe that too. It, well, yeah. I'm not denying that. Anyway, with this one. Uh, yeah, we, we pick back up with uh, Ginny, who is my favorite survivor girl of the Paul? franchise. Paul? Where's and Paul? we see her using her child psychology education to outsmart Jason. And she fucking drives that machete right into his shoulder. I, yeah, I mean, this motherfucker is deep. It's, it's like past the collarbone deep. And, and you see the blood from the arterial hit. You see it splurt. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, because that, that fucker's like three inches away from his heart two three inches away from his heart it, it is through the collarbone that kind of level deep see and you wonder why in jason goes to hell that heart is so black like why is it so black injuries well, like that make that happen when we get to that we can discuss it but um i i also like that this is the machete that beheaded his mother oh yeah that's right because it was it was i didn't even think about that but yeah i guess you're right yeah, because it's, it's on the shrine to his mom. You know, with the sweater, with her head. Yeah, he kept that piece. Just like another movie we talked about. And uh, he has a machete there, too. What? That's a good boy. You've done your job well, and mommy is pleased. <laughs> That's a good boy. Come, kneel down, Jason. Kneel down. Kneel down, Jason. That's <laughs> a good boy, Jason. Kneel down. So... Hey, fucking sit straight stuck up like a motherfucker when he sees that the fucking she's playing him and then he's like I'm gonna get you fucking bitch and she's like no I'm gonna get you you fucking asshole 
and they make those fucking noises in the fucking bar. That Tilly or in his shack or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, shack. Alright, so we 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 then skip the whole final attack from part two on Ginny and Paul. Thank God for that. I hated that. That scares me half the death of this day. But, I can't watch it. But I know this one is really hotly debated about fans, and that's why I wanted to talk about it, Mike. That that re- leads to a really big fucking question. Yeah. Was that just like a psychotic breakdown dream sequence? Oh, it certainly was. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and and because of the 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 continuity of these films, I agree. I I completely agree that that didn't happen. Yeah, considering okay. that the 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 Jason that we see um, escape uh, the shack at the end of part uh, or at the beginning of part three does not have the wild hair and the fucked up eye and shit like that that the Jason in that ending thing of part two had. So, um, we're left to believe that that was a fake Jason at the end of part two. So, and I agree again. Holy shit, we're on the same page. This is crazy time. But, I agree because, you know, he, he gets the machete, he goes down, and they decide to pull the sack off his head. Yeah. But he's laying on this dirt floor of who knows what around, yeah. who knows how well they pulled the sack off, they get a peek, they go, ew, and run away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when they have this, she has a psychotic break mm-hmm. and sees Jason. She's probably, you know, obviously stressed, but she's mixing in everything that she saw and imagining that the shit probably on the floor and part of the sack and whatnot was this wild beard and hair and all that. And that's why you have the discrepancy here because right. Jason is actually hairless, all right? Right. I, I made the joke earlier this episode calling you a mongoloid. Jason Jason is a deformed person, as they called back then, a mongoloid. Oh, he most certainly uh, is, without a doubt. And uh, I, I, can, I can say from my work that I, not using the term mongoloid, but people with deformities yeah. um, typically are fairly hairless. Right. That's how they roll. I don't. I I don't know the science behind that. I can just point out like three or four people that I have or do work with that are hairless, like Jason. Anyway, um, um before I get in trouble. <laughs> before you get in trouble, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Jason pulls the machete out, and he ends up stumbling across this small country store. And he steals some clothes from the owner. Right. And uh, I like this because he, he he drives a motherfucking meat cleaver in, into Harold's chest. Yeah. Oh, and that that's the best, too. That snake on the string when it comes out. And he goes, <laughs> now, see, the thing is, when I was a kid, and I first would watch Friday the 13th Part 3, and I don't think, I don't know if I ever mentioned this before, but if I, I don't think I did. But, like, I would always see... The, um, the, uh, what do you call it? The, the thing where he would run into the toilet and I wouldn't realize it. Like, I'm like, oh my god, he must have just been struck with, like, the sudden urge to shit. But then as I got older and watching it again, actually, no, I can't say that. Not as I got older. Probably just, like, a year or two ago in watching it. (laughs) (laughs) This is how slow I was on the uptake. Just about two years ago, I realized... 
And, oh yeah, when we did it for the Skeleton Crew back in 2015, and I watched it, I think at that point I realized, I was like, holy shit, that snake coming out is literally scaring the shit out of his body. Yes. And that's what it was all this time. He didn't have the sudden urge to shit. Or no, he did have the sudden urge to shit. But it wasn't brought on by the food that he was stuffing himself with, as Ednis, his wife, said. It was because the snake came out at him. Yeah, that snake almost fucking got him. And yeah, we're skipping over some stuff. Because, alright, this one was shot in 3D. This was, you know, uh, the modernizing of 3D. Uh, and I'll discuss that at the end because I did watch this in, in 3D. Um and, and there's little jump scares where the snake comes out yeah. and, like, there's the clothesline pole in the camera, so... Now, was it the true 3D? It wasn't a Blu-ray 3D. It was the old-style 3D, correct? Yeah, well, there's no true 3D out there that ah, I'm aware of. Well, so, it I was on Blu-ray. We will talk off there. It was on Blu-ray, but I had to watch it with my, my provided... Uh, you know, red and blue glasses. Yeah, and did you get a headache? Um, the I had tried this years ago, yeah. and I did start to get a headache. This time I didn't, actually. I, I had all the lights off, and uh, what I found with it was is that uh, a lot of times I, I focus. And um, what I found with the 3D is is it works so much better if you just kind of unfocus your eyes and, and at the screen. So. Were you alone watching it? No, Sarah was there. Did she watch it in 3D as well? No, she kind of laughed at me and ignored me and played on her phone. She called me a dork as I sat there with my, you know, red and blue glasses and, yeah. But she was in the room with you. Could she see yes. the TV screen? Yeah. Has she seen the film before? Oh, yeah. Does she enjoy it? Uh, I believe so. Okay. That's good. All right, so Harold gets to meet Cleaver. Uh, Edna actually gets a knitting needle through the back of the head and out the mouth, kind of like the uh, the pieces kill, but the pieces kill is better. Yeah. Um, both these kills are decent, but they're they're a little bloodless she's for like, my taste. She's like, <laughs> but something we're we're kind of. Uh, skipping over here that I just want to highlight real quick is, is the atmosphere. Um, I think they do an excellent job with this because Jason's just kind of lurking. You never really see him, but you kind of see his shadow. They do a great job of this, and honestly the only thing I can draw a comparison to is the original Halloween. Um, I think in this scene here, they do a great job of hiding Jason and just having him be this ominous presence there. Yeah, they did do good with that, and that's why, like, when I was a kid and I was watching it, this three, when I was younger, and, like, two and three, this is, like, before, like, six even came out, and, like, two, three, and four were the ones that I would watch the most. Um, three was the one that always scared me. Out of those, out of those three, part three was the one that scared me the most, and it still does to this day. Really? Yes. All right. Well, when we get there, you have to tell us what it is. But um, 
uh, are keeping this train rolling. The next morning, we meet our 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 new fresh meat. Our um, I, I mean Victor, I, I, I mean teens. That's it. We meet our new teens, and I I actually think these ones are college students. Um. So uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we have Chris, who's our lead uh, chick, the rich bitch. Um, <laughs> even though she doesn't act it, you know, I'm just assuming because of parents, but... No, she uh, does have a kind of a stuck-up thing with her, I think. I don't, I don't, I don't it's, really get it's, it. It's slight, but it's there. Anyway, um, we have our pregnant girl, for some reason, Debbie. Her boyfriend, Andy. We have Shelly, Chuck, and Chili. What do you, what do you and mean? Chuck and Chili look to be like fucking early thirties. Why they're hanging out with these college kids, I don't know. What do you well because they got picked up. Or no, they didn't get picked up. They snuck in the van to smoke. <laughs> That's why they're they're hanging with the kids. It's that simple. I, I honestly think it's just somebody's drug hookup and they're like, Hey man, we're going away, can we get a stash? You're going away. Mm-hmm. We go? Sure, half price. Okay. I mean, it, this is such a fucking uh, Chong ripoff here with Chuck. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, anyway. well, that's that's what it was meant to be. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they pick up Vera, who's supposed to be a date for Shelley, and then they head off to uh, Chris's family lakeside camp house thing, uh, Higgins Haven, which it is not a separate lake. It, it's Nothing, it's just the, the family property is named Higgins Haven. Um, I live in, in an area where there are camps, and people, for whatever reason, like to, to name them. So, yeah. Warren. <laughs> but uh, something that obviously needs discussed is the previous film, I barely mentioned the fucking characters. Like, library nerd, Kendall. Undercover cop. I still don't know her fucking name. Right. This one actually does a nice enough job with characters that you know their name. Right, and they so. develop them enough so at least you care about them on some level. Uh, most of them. I would say Chuck and Chili are, are they could have been on the cutting room floor, no, in all honesty. I, I, but still, I still cared about them. I still care about them, even in viewings today. I, I, if they would have just gave us a little bit, just just to to humanize them a little bit, because they're they're the definition of background characters. But anyway, you know, it is what it is. Um, but <laughs> this is a Friday the Thirteenth film, and it gets a lot of shit. But I, uh, all right, the franchise of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. It does get a lot of shit, and it, it's always the one pointed out when people talk about, well, the black guy dies first, but this one doesn't do any of that, you know? It it, it develops its characters, and it... No, that black guy doesn't die until the end. Exactly! We have yeah. a black guy, and he, he stays alive to the end. We have a Hispanic chick, and she's she's not just some meaning... They, they actually... Our characters and yeah. and they do a good job with the story and yeah so i for everyone that doesn't actually know this franchise is just like well this is that chauvinistic blah blah fuck you <laughs> actually watch them part five yeah part five is all that that you've heard well part five was but, done by a porn director so exactly yeah 
Not Although sad. part five is enjoyable now I, for me. It, all right, I, it has grown on me. Um, it is not one of my favorites, but uh, it's not bad. It's fun. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Hi. <laughs> but I saw your Facebook comment. That's right. That's why I did that. <laughs> fucking hate those two characters. They're great. Oh, they're and horrible. she and she is in real life. She is so sweet. You have no idea. I I believe it, but neither one of them can act for shit, and they are they're they're fucking horrible. I disagree, but that's just me. Because she's uh, actually gone on to do like other films that are like more mainstream, so to speak. Well, that may be, and she might have taken some acting classes, or maybe she's just properly directed, and that director, from all reports that I've heard, his directing style was, just do it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, when you're directing people to fuck, yeah, that's a good direction. Just do it. But when you're directing people to actually act out a scene and have emotion, I, I guess not. Probably not. But back to part three. Yeah. Um, we're in the part of the film where the producers realize they fucked up. And they killed Crazy Rouse in the last one. So we get Crazy Abel. <laughs> yeah. And this this uh, this is our substitute harbinger. Yeah. Because Friday the 13th, at least here in the beginning, we need a harbinger of doom. And, and I, I love this tradition. And this is something the slashers that... I think it's so cool. I, I like that there's always this harbinger, like, oh, don't go there, you're gonna die. I found this today. There were the parts of the body. It's an eyeball. That's what it is. It's an eyeball. You actually did a really good crazy able there. I was, I was, I was just letting you go. Look. Look upon this omen and go back from whence he came. I have warned thee. I have warned thee. That's that's pretty fucking good. That's probably the, your best impression I've heard, man. <laughs> uh, but these kids, obviously, they 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 don't listen to him. No. And l- l- let's be honest, these kids are fucking stupid because uh, there there had to have been news reports. They pass the store where Jason just killed these two people, yeah. and there are fucking cops everywhere, and they just saw this crazy harbinger guy with an eyeball. Yes. I, and they they just ignore all of it. I mean, if I'm going camping somewhere, yeah. all right, yeah. and I hear radio reports that there's been mass murders for the last, what, two days, Right. Uh, see a crazy homeless guy holding a human fucking eyeball telling me, that he's blah 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 crazy Bible shit, mm-hmm. and then drive by somebody a, a store, and it's just swarming with fucking cops, and then bodies being stretchered out. I'm not going camping anymore. My I ass dis- is going back home. I disagree. I think if you were a sex crazed person, and you came upon that, you would disregard it in favor of going camping and having sex. Okay. All right. If I go back to 16 to 22-year-old John, yeah, you're probably right. Right. Well, that's exactly what these people were doing. Right. So, yeah. All right. All right. So, anyway, they ignore all this, and you you have an excellent point, Mike. Yeah. Fuck. I can't believe you actually got a point on me. How the fuck does... Anyway. 
And uh, so they, they arrive, and the majority of them run off to go skinny dipping, except for Shelly, because he's not skinny enough. Exactly. And Chris goes to check out the cabin. But let, let's, let's, let's talk about this real quick. Shelly is the fat one, okay? Yeah. They called out. He's insecure. And uh, watching this now, Shelly's like... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say fit, but Shelly's like average for now. But even my memory of watching this as a kid and whatnot, it's like, oh, he's so fat. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in today's society, Shelly's not fat. No, he's really not. He's not fat at all. No. Fucking I agree with crazy that. Crazy 80s. Wow. I, I mean, that, that really shows how much things have changed from the 80s to now. Well, yeah, at this point, yeah, you're right. Uh, anyway, so, uh, past my surprise at, you know, standards and body acceptance, uh, Chris goes inside and is surprised by somebody big and muscular, and, oh, it's her 30-something uh, camp boyfriend, Rick, I guess? Well, that's the ranch hand. Yeah, the ranch hand, Rick, who looks like he's in his mid-30s and dating this college student. Right. Okay, movie? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, we then jump a little bit ahead. Um, and Shelly pulls a prank. Okay? Right. He pretends to be a dead body. And everyone kind of gets mad at him. And, alright, is this why so many people in the Friday the 13th community hate Shelly? I mean, it could be. I mean, because Shelly is pretty hated. And I, after watching this most recently, I don't get it. I don't find his character really that annoying. I find him pretty fucking relatable. And I'm surprised more Friday the 13th fans don't find him relatable. Because, uh, I, I mean, I struggle with my own body image. You know, I have been muscular in the past, uh, but I blew out my back. I, I had uh, dislocated a disc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, two years now I haven't been able to lift, so I got fat. <laughs> He, he's self-conscious, he pulls pranks, he loves uh, theatrics, horror. I, I I don't get the hate for him at all. I don't. I think he's an incredibly relatable character. I mean, you know, I... I, I uh, yeah, but he's not... Uh, well, you think he's relatable. I mean, but you gotta remember, people are just... I don't know, shallow, so... They don't look too deeply into that stuff, that's all. So they, they, they don't... I, and I get it. A lot of times when you watch a movie, you, you want to be able to live vicariously through the characters. And you don't want to relate to the, the person that is kind of like you. Right. So you, you want to be Rick. Right, exactly, at that point. Like when or I or to, even Andy. Right, like when I used to... Um, when I used to play Friday the 13th with, with my fucking friends when I was a kid, I was always uh, Tommy Jarvis, so. Well, you do kind of look like him. And I was, I was the Tom Matthews Tommy Jarvis. 
Oh, no. I, I was talking Corey Feldman once he, like, fucked up his hair and everything. <laughs> no, fuck you. Um, <laughs> no, I was the Tom Matthews Tommy Jones. Oh. Uh, Alright. So, back, back with Friday the 13th Part 3. Uh, Vito decides to uh, get the fuck out of there, because, you know, whatever. And Shelly begs her to tag along. They go to a store and uh, run into some bikers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I actually like how this plays out. Because the bikers are just being dicks fucking with them. And, and they get out of there. And Shelly, being scared, backs into the bikes. Right. Which pisses off the bikers. They smash up the car. Which pisses off Shelly, who then runs over the bikes. Yeah, that was great. Anyway, um, oh my god. Um, the one dude is, uh, what the hell is that? I forget his fucking name now. Um, uh, what the hell is it? Uh, There's like, Fox, Loco, and... Fox, Loco, and the other one, I forget his name. I forget his name too, yeah. But he's like holding a beer or something, and when Shelly fucking backs into the bikes, he gets a fucking thing, he just throws it the fuck down, I love that. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck, throws a beer and grabs a, a chain, and... Yeah, <laughs> and it's a whole, it's a whole fucking thing, it's, oh my god, I love it. I love yeah. it, I love it, I love it. It's a good scene, and, and you finally actually see this character who is down on himself, and is get, get shit on by his friends because of the way he acts, he actually has this little bit of redemption, and he builds a little bit of confidence, and... Yeah. It's a good character moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they, of course, show back up. Rick's all pissed off about his car. And he wants to just, you know, get the fuck out of there. He's he's not getting anywhere with Chris. She's acting weird. And the kids, he doesn't know them. But, you know, pussy's pussy and he decides to stick around. Right. <laughs> uh, him and Chris kind of go off. The bikers show up and they decide... They're going to get back to these kids by burning the fucking barn down. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, are they up in the ante. Take this in a barn, stop poor. <laughs> so yeah, they siphon gas from the kids' van, and they're going to burn it down. Yeah. But, uh, Fox... has other plans. Exactly. Fox is fucking around in the barn, and... Jason, who has stumbled across this property, is hiding in the barn. Yeah. All right. Now, this is an important part of the movie. And and something I really like. Jason is just hiding in the barn, and it's daylight, and he's he's chilling there. Because as we've seen, the psychology of Jason is he is self-conscious, just like Shelly. Right. All right. He came out in part two when he had the, the burlap sack, and now he's hiding. All right. He came out at night. Or was out at after part two during the night, but now he's hiding. He's not coming out. But these people come into the barn, right? And he he fucking kills Fox, pinning her to one of the roof rafters with a pitchfork. Yes, which is fucking cool. I've always loved that. I wish we could have seen that kill. Right, but then you know Loco goes in after her. He finds her and then automatically gets a pitchfork just fucking rammed through him. And yeah. we do see that. Yeah, that was pretty good. And he has the cigarette and it like, kind of like drops out of his mouth. Yeah, that was there's a little bit of blood. and um, but, Oh, oh uh, the guy's name's Ollie. 
Oh, that's right, Ali. Yeah, so Ali shows up, uh, Jason just fucking throws, we don't see it, but he, he kind of throws, rolls Loco's corpse on him, Yeah. jumps down, and then just fucking beats him to death. Or so we think. Yes. <laughs> now, that's what I don't understand. If you're Jason, don't you realize that what you did didn't kill the person? Like, why would you just do that? Why wouldn't you do something that's more brutal, so to speak? Well, this, this we we're early on in the evolution of Jason. Um, and part two, he's kind of a hunter, and he's using very sharp implements and kind of surprising people. And this one, these people came into where he was hiding, his territory, right. and he took them out with what he had, but then this other guy showed up, and he's like, fuck, hmm. I'm going to throw this guy on him, and he jumps down, and he's like, well, there's there's this table leg here, and, I'm, and he just clobbers him. You know, it, it wasn't like it wasn't planned out. He wasn't hunting anyone. These these motherfuckers just showed up, and he had to use what he had. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> later that night, Debbie and Andy decide they're going to have hammock sex, which mm -hmm. I'm still not quite sure how that works. I would love to try it because it seems interesting. I mean, I I'm down. But I'm willing to bet the ropes are going to kind of, like, hurt digging into her or your back, but... I would love that, because that'd be, like, pleasure and pain. <laughs> but, uh, Shelly also pranks Vera. Vera pretty much tells him to fuck off, and Shelly does fuck off. He wanders off, um, he thinks he hears somebody in the barn, and he goes in to investigate, and let's face facts, we've already seen that established as a really bad fucking idea. Right. So I guess at that point, Jason was still in the barn. Yeah, he has not left the barn. Right. Uh, just like part one, we can track Jason. Well, we don't really have to because it's barn or house. But anyway. Well, uh, Jason's not in part one. I know, but I said like part one because, you know, with part one, you can literally track Pamela's movement throughout the camp. Oh, you can, can you? Yeah. Anyway. Um, really? Because I, I don't think I've ever tried that. We'll have to try that out. No. Oh, you can. You can. I, I know I, uh, we did a commentary a long time ago, and I pointed it out then. But um, uh, Vera is actually starting to feel bad about this, thinking about her, her day with Shelly. And she accidentally, realizing she has his wallet, she accidentally drops it in the lake. And as she's retrieving it, Jason shows up, and we get the very first time we see the iconic image of Jason. Yep, and you also get... So what Mike's trying to say with sound effects is Jason strolls up and it's just this big, muscular motherfucker with the hockey mask, yeah. and he's got the spear gun that you know Shelly used to to prank her, and he just shoots her right in the fucking eye. Mm -hmm. You watch it, and she just goes down in the lake. It's good. And she's like, you can tell, like. She's reaching to try to pull that motherfucker out of her eyeball as she's dying. Yeah. But, you know, it's the 80s, and uh, Debbie's taking a shower after their hammock sex, and I say it's the 80s because Andy goes to get her a beer, even though she's pregnant. Well, God bless the 80s. Yes. 
And while he's walking out his hands down the hall for whatever but reasons. But then she decides she doesn't want that beer. Uh, she does. She thought twice. She's a, she's a responsible mother. Yes. Or mother-to-be. Yes. Or what mother was to be. Right. Because as Andy's walking down the hall on his hands and knees, Jason is just fucking lurking right there and cuts this motherfucker right in half. That was awesome, too. I love... I love how it's shot because you get to see it. You see it from Andy's point of view of the machete coming down. And as he's trying to move, it, it just hits him in the midsection. And we actually see it from the floor, him hitting. And just, bam! It's cool. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, you know, you got to think, if that's a real situation, that's got to scare you half to death, like, right before. You know what I mean? Because you know, at that point, in your mind for that split second, you know you're dead. You're not, you know. Oh, yeah, because the moment you see him, it's this huge old hulking figure, and he's just got the machete over his head. He is ready to fucking kill you. Right. right. Uh, but after the shower, our responsible mother was to be, uh, she goes in and she just decides she's going to relax in the hammock, and she's reading a Fangoria. God, is this the perfect woman or what? Yes. Anyway, uh, so she's reading it. Blood drips on her and then she looks up and sees Andy just hacked in two and before she can scream Jason rams a knife up through her chest wait, wait, did she actually no I don't see the thing is I don't think she saw Andy I just think she saw the blood I don't technically think she saw no 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 because you do see Andy in two halves above her yeah, she sees do, Andy but she doesn't how the hell I think she does Andy? I don't think she does. There's no she way looks that up, she can. And then before she screams, because the camera, she she's she sees the blood, she she looks up, we see her point of view is Andy in half, and then it goes back to her, and before she can scream, the hand grabs her and the knife right up through the chest. Hmm. I'm going to have to revisit that, because I don't think that she sees him. I'm telling you, man, she does. Hmm. I don't know. I gotta revisit it because it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. But uh, the characters that I mentioned, background characters, well, we haven't talked about them yet, but Chuck and Chili come to you on the couch, you know, after, you know, smoking so much dope that they passed out. They hear the screams, but then. They passed out. I think they were still down there smoking. They didn't pass out. No, they were passed out, man. Man. No, wait. So, okay. I think the screams woke them up. That's what we're supposed to take. All right, so then here's my question How does Jason then. Why would Jason just go into the house and walk right by them to go up? He may not have even noticed them because they are just fucking passed out on the couch, but he hears the couple upstairs. Ah, I see. So he goes up and gets them, and then, uh, you know, since these two came to, they're high as fuck, Chili and Chuck decide they're going to make popcorn, and they blow the breaker, so... Chili sends Chuck, God, these names, to go flip flip the breaker, and as he does, Jason is behind him. Jason just fucking grabs him and throws him into the circuit box, blowing most of the fuses. Fucking cool. Right. Yeah, I but did yeah, like that. I say it's fucking cool. The kill's okay, but the, the shot when the lights come on and it's just, boom, Jason right there. Mm-hmm. That's some good shit. But I, know, I like that a lot too. 
Yeah, Chili doesn't know what the fuck's going on. She thinks, you know, Chuck's just a moron because the lights are fucking all up. And then Shelly stumbles in with his throat slit. And Chili, being high as fucking kind of stupid, doesn't realize that it's real, doesn't believe him. And then she does. She starts freaking out and <laughs> running around. And Jason, hearing this, goes upstairs, grabs a fucking hot poker that's already been established in the film because they were poking the fire out of the fire and he just runs it right through her. And we get the shot of it coming out and the the smoke rolling off from it, all bloody, and it's good. Right. And she's like, and she she runs right into that poker, basically. Oh, yeah. She's on a dead run trying, freaking out, trying to figure out What's going on? Get away. And then, boom, Jason's right there, and he just runs it right through her. Just shoves it right through her fucking gut. Yeah. And that's Good amazing. Job. I loved it. And then we get something that's stuck with me since the first time I saw this. One of the creepiest fucking scenes in the movie is with Chris and Rick, and she tells... Oh, I like... First off, I like how they decide to stop and have this nice talk by a drainage pipe. What the fuck? And it shows up real nice in 3D, too, that drainage pipe right there. But uh, she tells them a story about how she ran away two years ago after one of their dates, and Jason attacked her in the middle of the night and possibly raped her? Well, I... That's how I take it. Yeah, I don't... No, I don't think he did that. I mean, he is Jason. I don't think he's smart. Right. That. Okay. So you're saying he's not sexually active. I highly doubt it. That's how I've always taken it. That scene has always come off very rapey to me. Uh, even as a little kid watching that, I always thought it was rape. I mean... Just yeah. saying. I, I don't... I never thought that it was only because, like I said, I never thought that, that Jason was that tight. So I never thought that it was that... Okay, so Jason's not the rapey kind. All right. Well, his car dies. They have to walk back. Um, and they get back to the cabin. Everything's all wonky. Uh, Rick decides he's going to look around outside to see if he can figure out what the fuck's going on. And Chris goes inside to look around. Uh, she ends up finding the, the, the bathtub overf- overflowing, but it's only full of bloody clothes. Uh, creepy. Uh, she's freaking out and she starts to look for Rick and as this is going on we've had a storm kind of blow in we've seen it as they're walking up approaching the cabin and she comes out looking for him and at this point the storm's really starting to hit we're getting a lot of wind and shit like that and so her voice is kind of lost on the wind she goes back inside but the whole time Rick is right there, just out of view, around the corner of the house. Jason has him, holding his mouth closed. And then as she goes back inside, he just crushes Rick's head like a fucking beer can. And the guy's eye shoots out at the camera. Yeah, that was on. I love that, too, because he's like... (laughs) And... You know, you can shit on this movie for the effects and how there was string and everything, but when you watch this in 3D, how it was intended, yeah, it's you don't really notice it. I yeah. mean, it's just an eye coming at you. 
the, the string kind of blurs. So, you, I mean, you can knock it, but in all reality, why? It, it's a good kill. And it's always been an iconic kill to me for Jason, you know? But, you know, this is uh, the third act of a Friday the 13th film, so the storm is fully kicking now, and, you know, Chris is freaking out in the house, and Jason, just being Jason, he tosses Rick's body through a fucking window. Yeah, that was Just, like, just like dear old mom used to do. Mm-hmm. Keeping the family tradition alive. Exactly. And that, that puts us right into final chase time, and, you know... This one's fucking pretty good. This final chase. Because this kicks it off. Chris runs upstairs. And she tries to hide. Jason finds her right off the fucking bat. Like, there's no looking around, crashing shit. No, he finds her right off. Yeah. She stabs him. And Jason Ooh. actually makes... Yeah, he actually makes a noise in this one. Because it's still alive, Jason, and all that. Well, that's that's a discussion for another day. But and well, she smashes... more noises, too, coming up after... When he when she stabs him, and yeah. then he makes another noise when you know she's outside and he comes down and she grabs the fucking log. And yeah, yeah. Hits him and then he's like, Aah! yeah, because she she smashes out a window and then uh, she tries to to get away in the van, but it's out of gas because you know the gas was siphoned. Oh shit, this is good writing. Yeah. And she she momentarily traps Jason with the fucking window because he's just trying to grab her and she rolls it up and then being smart and he has a hockey mask on he just fucking headbutts it right. you know and then she runs and tries to hide and jason comes and she knocks jason the fuck out <laughs> and you know it, okay so she 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 does all this and sorry i i, I kind of skipped because you already talked about it with the log yeah. so she's done this twice she knocks him out in the fucking barn and then she hangs his ass yeah, like guess. there's no hesitation <laughs> Yeah, there's there's no hesitation like some final girls where they're like, okay, it's done. I'm walking away. No, she knocks him out. She wraps the rope around his fucking neck and shoves his ass off. Yeah. So she goes down. We think it's over. She gets the barn doors open and right hangs Jason right there in our face. Mm-hmm. And he comes to. Right. He grabs the rope, pulls himself up. And as he's taking the noose off, it... it, it displaces the hockey mask so we can actually see his face i know a lot of people have said he he takes the mask off to show her watching it recently that's not what happens as he's pulling the noose free from himself it pulls the mask up doesn't because i thought that he was really trying to show her that you know i am the guy that fucking you know raped you two years ago well in that you know didn't rape her, but you know, <laughs> assaulted her, so to speak. Well, I, that's how I take it. That's how it plays out, because as he's taking the noose off, the mask comes up, and then he just pulls it right back down. Right. And she really starts freaking out, because this is the guy that raped her two years ago, or, you know, attacked her, as Mike likes to say. Ambulance. It's you. Yeah. But Jason, you know, locks them in real good at this point, mm. and... We think she's done. But no. Ali, our black guy, ain't mm. fucking dead yet. Nope. He gets up and starts fighting Jason. And Jason, at this point, is pissed the fuck off. And He's been stabbed. Hung. pioneering movement in horror films right there with that scene. I think. 
what Ali? Yeah, to the black guy that went to the end. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, because Ali puts up a decent fight, but Jason's pissed off. He whacks, just fucking whacks the guy's hand off, just cuts it clean off. Oh, yeah. And, and then, you know, Jason, that. you can tell is pissed off, because not only does he kill him, he is just fucking hacking him up. Right. It is overkill to the extreme. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. So, Jason's just, you know he's thinking, what the fuck does it take? Just die! And he's just mm -hmm. hacking him up. <laughs> and then he stands up and as he turns around Chris out of nowhere hits him right in the fucking head with an axe oh that was great too because he makes that noise again he makes all these noises in that fucking movie like, and then he fucking sticks his arms out and starts walking for it like he's a fucking well think about zombie. it because the axe actually does go into his skull Okay. All right, so he would, you know, kind of go limp, and then it's just pure, pure instinct, pure motor action. Because I used to play football, guys would get what's called a stinger. All right, okay. When when you hit head on, and it kind of drives your head and neck down into your shoulders. Okay. Basically, a light concussion. Yeah. But we called it a stinger because you know you kept playing. Yeah. Right. And uh, you would get up, they would get up right away, but their movements were horrible. They didn't know, know quite where they were. It's almost like being knocked out. So he's got brain damage at this point, but he is still going for her, and then he's done. You know, he just collapses. It's over. But it's Friday the 13th. She, at this point, is fucking batshit. She gets out of the barn, and not knowing what else to do because she's trapped, she gets in a boat. Right. And, uh, well, it logically makes sense, I guess, to kind of try and... Uh, that's her only escape route. Mm -hmm. But also, it's a good way to reenact the end of part one. Because she goes out, and she is now crazy. And uh, Pamela dives up out of the lake and grabs her. Yeah, and I thought that that was different that they did that. Like, I wouldn't, you know... Well, let's, let's stop and think about this, because... I don't really know the time frame in the Friday the 13th world. I'm sorry. I should have done research. But with Chris having at least summered here, spent some time here, she would have heard the local stories, you know. So she would have probably heard some stories of the, the wild kid, you know, Jason, or the kid that drowned at the lake, or, or the stories of Pamela. So maybe she just put them together. I mean, it's possible. It is possible. I, I know I'm stretching. I know I'm stretching. And you can tell I'm enjoying this film because I am stretching. You're really stretching there. I mean, for you, because you're a real stickler with shit. That's I am, but your, you know. this film's good. And I, I have to give it credit for that. It is good, and it is fun. So uh, I'm going to go first, if, you, if you're okay with that, okay. Mike. Um, I've had my issues with this one in the past. I, I, I haven't really you know, hid that. Uh, but this time around, I did enjoy it. Uh, I did watch it in the 3D, as I previously said. Um, and I want to kind of get into that right now real quick. Uh, the 3D is not the best. Um, this needs a proper true 3D conversion, or at least a good 3D restoration of the old school. Um, it does work, but the focus is kind of off with it. And I found myself, once I actually started focusing on, like, certain aspects mm. in, in the scene, 
it would kind of fuck up the 3D, and I'd have to remind myself, oh, kind of on focus your eyes. And I mean, it's a fun experience to do once, uh, but unless you're like a, a true Friday the 13th purist, yeah, you don't have to do it. Right. However, if you could fucking actually see this in a theater in 3D, like if there's some festival, I highly suggest it because if, if somebody's putting it on the festival, I'm really hoping that they have done enough test runs that they got the focus right on the 3D. But that being that, um, I think the acting in this one is actually pretty fucking good. Um, much better than pieces. Uh, especially out of our leads. I, I think they're, they're, they're good. Um, the, the story's decent enough. I mean, it's Friday the 13th. You're not going to get a masterpiece story. Right. And I like that it picks up right after part two. And how Jason is just a fucking badass in this. The kills are pretty good. Uh, it sets a really fun tone. And I like that this is the one that kind of set the tone for Friday the 13th films. Because if you think about it, the rest of them in tone are a lot like this. Or try to be. I mean, this one... This one... No, you can't say that, though. I think four maybe tried to capture it. I don't think it... I don't think that it that it totally did capture it uh, the way that this one did. I think that this, um, in terms of atmosphere, is probably um, the best. And then I think after this, I mean, not now, you know, and I can't say... Now, six, like I said, is one of my favorites, too. But that has a different tone to it, a different atmosphere. It does, it does. This, this though... I feel is the one, you know, that that really has that true atmosphere, that really true um, Friday the Thirteenth kind of feel. I mean, one, the original kind of kind of gets it, but not totally. And two is kind of in the same boat, but this one I think really knows what it is, really knows what it wants to be, and I I think it just captures it. Um, expertly. Uh, I can't. I can't really argue with that. The only negatives I can say is there could have been, there could have been a little more of the G. You know, it, it could have upped the gore. But I know MPAA had a hard on for Friday the Thirteenth at this point in time. So, yeah. yeah, and it could have, it could have, it could have upped the S a little bit. But I'm not complaining. Uh, no. I myself, I give this one three and a half stars. It, it's so close to going over, but I, I can't. fucking round it up to a four, you asshole. Well, uh, I, I'm i not going to. It's three and a half. Uh, and what's funny, Mike? Yeah. Uh, something I kept going back to is another film that I rated three and a half. And I think this one's actually more enjoyable overall. But the other one had certain aspects that were just too expertly done and that film is halloween 2018 they're both three and a half but if you tell me i have to watch one of them i'm going on friday three wow um hmm. interesting um well, I, this one's a more enjoyable experience overall i i never have a problem with this film and i enjoy it whereas you know halloween 2018 i have problems with it but there are points in the film towards the end in the third act with the tension and whatnot that are fucking great but there are other points that are just fucking annoying to me but all right i'm done go ahead mike 
Um, as I said, this is my uh, one of my favorite Friday the 13th. I absolutely love it. I have talked it to death on numerous podcasts. So I'm, you know, when I went into it kind of here, you know, as to why I enjoy it and all that stuff. Um, so I think everybody can guess, but I will reiterate for everyone. It is definitely a 5 out of 5 for me on this scale. And, and you know, I'm not going to fault you. Because these, these are completely subjective, and I, I get it. I'm, I was real close to giving it a 4, but... I mean, if, if if it had had more gore, like if, if the MPA hadn't fucked this over and stuff like that, but it's still a fucking fun film, and I'm not going to take that away. Plus, the soundtrack is actually good. Yeah, so for all the haters of uh, uh, Friday the 13th Part 3 out there, man, I, I think you should really give this film another shot. I wonder if we're ever going to get Friday... Like any of the Fridays on 4K. I, uh, really I don't need it, but I, I know you will buy it. Oh, you goddamn right I will. But, um, here, real quick, uh, if you want to try and play along, uh, these are the films that were picked to be in Slasher Summer, alright? And as I said, I'm going to try and watch some of them, and I'll do little reviews, nothing like this. Uh, for you in shows, but next one's kind of planned out, and we don't know what will be. So we, if if there's time, but uh, superstition that may or may not be an accident, but it was already purchased. <laughs> the New York, the New York, the New York River, the New York, the New York River. Alone in the Dark, which would have been on this episode, but uh, my my uh, bootleg copy fucked up. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, Slumber Party Massacre. Yes. Number five, Visiting Hours, and last but not least, Girls' Night Out. Uh, so, those are the ones that were intended to be part of this slasher summer, and hopefully we'll We'll give them some coverage. And if not, these are the ones that we're saying, hey, check them out, have some fun, have a few drinks, do whatever you do, enjoy a couple slashers. Remember the summer before it's completely over. Yeah, because you still have some time. Summer doesn't officially end. Or when, are, when does fall start? The 23rd, I think? Yeah, I don't know. but Something like that. You've heard enough from us. We've been talking quite a while. Thank you guys for listening is greatly appreciated and since we're showing you appreciation if you could join us on facebook that's right i said join not like because liking is following clickbait joining is becoming part of the reddit and red community the family so to speak the family uh and if you're so inclined please uh go to apple podcasts I don't know. iTunes. I'm old school. I'm old. I'm sorry. And uh, like and review us. You know, five stars is appreciated, but let's face facts. We're probably not five stars. No. Uh, for the Rabbit and Red Radio Network. And if you're there, check out some of the other shows. We have other shit, too. So, yes. yeah. But with all that, thank you guys for listening. 
This has been a lot of fun. I hope you guys had fun. And we'll be talking at you here real soon about candy corn. Yes. Candy corn. So until then, keep it creepy. Yes. Holy shit, you said yes, you agreed with me. <laughs> I, I've been out of the loop for so long, it's like not even phasing me at this point. <laughs> it will go into playback, and then I'll get pissed off. Uh. I'm just now finding out what it was all about. Moved to the West Coast, away from everyone. She never told me that you called. Back when I was still, I was still in love. Till I opened my eyes and walked out the door.
<gasps> that was horrible. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 